Hi, thanks for joining us for this episode of our podcast. We're here today with Dr. Kendra Johnson, superintendent of Montclair Public Schools, and uh, she is not an unfamiliar face and, or voice to many people in the community, um, and we're glad to have her with us to talk about her hopes and dreams and how her new role as superintendent is going. So thanks for being with us, Dr. Johnson. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. So you have been superintendent now for... Since May 1st. Okay. So uh, a little while, um, and you took the summer break to relax and get ready for the school year to start. I'll relax next year. <laughs> not not quite yet. Yeah. So um, your school started last week. How is that going for you? So we started off first day with a heat delay. And um, we soon thereafter um, had to, unfortunately, close down the high school yeah. for some structural analysis. But we're very pleased that we're reopening the high school. And one thing that I really uh, think is positive, how the staff, the administration, the parents, the entire town has come together so that we can organize ourselves to safely and effectively return to students. So it's been an interesting start, but we're bringing all our students back tomorrow, so we're very excited about that. That's great. And I think one of the interesting things about being a, a superintendent or any kind of job like that is it's it's not just a nine-to-five. This is probably something you've been working on a lot on your off time and whatnot. So I know it's a, a lot of a lot of care and concern mm -hmm. that you have for all the students and their safety. Um, so a, a little bit of an exciting start to the first part of the school year, Absolutely. but I, I don't think that in, impacts your plans for the rest of the year and your goals. So let's let's talk about those. Um, what do you what do you want to see in Montclair Public Schools? What are your goals? What's your dream? So I laid out five essential goals that I hope to accomplish over the next three to five years, and I think my immediate goal would be to increase communications. Um, I, my goal is not to have any parent or guardian say, I didn't know that. Um, so that in inundate, I, I'm known to be a good communicator, but I like to inundate with communication. I like to make sure that parents can access resources in multiple areas. So I'm very interested in enhancing our partnership because families are available when they're available. And it may not be during school time. So we need to make sure that we are absolutely um, accessible and that they can have information. So communication is immediately my response for, for families. And then soon thereafter is really about building community because when you've had uh, five years of interims, uh, you've had a lot of instability at central office, but you've had pretty strong stability in the schools you have well-functioning schools, but not necessarily a well-functioning school district. So I'm hoping to ensure that we have consistent norms across the district, making sure that a language arts class in sixth grade in Buzz is the same thing as Glenfield, is the same thing as Renaissance. So I'm really spending time norming and, and building community around essential pieces that in many districts are in place, but when you have that instability, um, you lose some of that continuity in programming. And I, I think we're lucky in Montclair that you've you've been in administrative positions in the, the upper level for a while, so you kind of have an insider view of, 
of that, and is that a, a benefit, you think? Oh, it's absolutely a benefit. It, it's, 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 it's quite frankly a blessing because I know the players. Mm -hmm. uh, we've established relationships. So I'm able to jump in and start acceleration. So the last two years working with curriculum, I know where our strengths are and I know where our areas of growth. Yeah. Uh, I know which uh, content areas have the most current materials and which content areas that are outdated. So having that insight into the people is essential, but also having the insight into our growing areas. I don't have to spend time figuring it out. All right. So you've got a lot of um, a lot of background information, yeah. and I think that that's that's going to be be important in the, as you move forward with your setting your goals and, and helping the, the kids succeed because that's what it's all about. Absolutely. Um, you know, we've had um, a lot of history of Montclair being a, a town of inclusivity and diversity. And uh, when we were emailing back and forth, I, you sign off your emails with a, a little phrase, and I, I can't repeat it, I don't remember off the top of my head, but um, you include diversity and equality in that. Mm -hmm. And it seems like that is something that's important to you. How is that going to shape your direction for Montclair Public Schools? Well, I'll be very frank, that's what attracted me, right? You know, my ideals about um, humanity, how we treat one another, the, the place that we can be really is exemplified in Montclair, though we, we share similar values. Mm -hmm. So when the assistant superintendent of equity position was posted, I, I, I claimed it, you know, not knowing anyone in town. Not, I claimed that, that that's a place where I wanted to be. And I haven't been disappointed. We, we have a lot of intellectual thought here, but it's grounded in the idea that we want to pursue equity for children. And I think we're small enough that we can really signify to the world what could happen in public education when you have the right motive. So for me, that's that's how I see the world. That's how I see my day-to-day, -day, figuring out how can I remove barriers so that our teachers, our students, our parents have access to what they need, and then they have the opportunity to fulfill their fullest potential. You work with a number of community partners to do that. I would. Amani comes to mind Absolutely. first and foremost because they're they're kind of at the forefront of of helping to bridge that achievement gap that, that exists, and that's a an issue that's not going away anytime mm -hmm. soon. It's a nationwide problem. What are we doing in Montclair to to help that? So I think it's 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 a textured approach and it's multifaceted. Number one is that you have to make sure that every student in every classroom has access to a high quality program. So that means high quality professional development for our teachers. So no matter where a student lands, they got great instructional programming. And then having a curriculum that's fluid to make sure that we have students who come into our district who have not had the Montclair experience. So they may or may not, but some do come in not understanding how we conduct ourselves in terms of what we expect a kindergartner to know, what we expect the first grader to know. So making sure that upon entry to our school district, we have supports in place so that we can immediately assist students meet the standard of expectation. Furthermore, I think it's important to talk about our implicit and unconscious biases that have 
for a long time, marginalized women, you know, marginalized um, individuals with learning differences, religions, etc. that that exists. And one of the things that I love about Montclair is we're not afraid to talk about it. Many districts won't even talk about it. You know, they say things like, I'm colorblind. It's no such thing as colorblind, right? But not only do we talk about it in Montclair, we have been thoughtful in putting in programs to address. So Amani, many people think of Amani as a partner, but it's actually an extension of the school district. We partner with Amani very detailed to make sure that we are targeting students who we know have the content ability. We know they have the intellectual ability, but for whatever reasons, they are not fulfilling their capacity. Some of us, it's institutional norms, so we're breaking down policies and procedures that shut certain students out and open up doors. So we're looking at our policies and regulations to make sure that they're race neutral, to make sure that they're ability neutral, and that we have access there. Once we have finished with that work, we're making sure that students have an opportunity to climb up. So they may come in and need some support, but we create ways our students can opt up into any course that they choose, which is unprecedented at, at our high school. Furthermore, for me, it's about communication. Some of our more traditionally marginalized families don't have access to us, you know? They're working. Yes. They may not be able to stop up and wait for me for an hour if they don't have an appointment. And they may not have time off during the day and they lose pay. So the only time that they're available will be in the evening. So making sure that when group various groups want to interact with me, I'm accessible. Really working on our website to make it a place where it's easy, it's not there yet, but it's easily usable for a lay person. And I think overall, our biggest piece is speaking I can and I will into students because students who've been traditionally marginalized receive a lot of messages about who they are. And we want to definitively confirm you are the greatest. You can be the best despite all of these images and narratives that have been told about you. So we're really trying to help create counter narratives. I strongly believe in the power of affirmation, speaking things into existence and helping and helping students build uh, a background for that work. I'm, I'm glad you're talking about this in that way because as, as you were saying this, I was thinking about you know, relating it to the library and how, how we work and what we do. And there's a, a movement um, called Own Voices in the publishing industry where the publishers are trying to write stories and books that show children uh, in ways that they've never been shown before. So they can read a book and recognize themselves from whether it's race, religion, family background, and that's really important. So we want kids to be able to feel comfortable coming to the library and seeing themselves and finding stories about them and their family. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is, is important thing in society that I think we've we've struggled with and I think now we're we're hopefully opening that door Absolutely. a little wider and I think we have a lot more work to do on that but I think that together I think the library and the schools can Absolutely. help kids succeed and I think that's important. I think we're gonna go a little bit softer questions now we've had a lot of a lot of hard-hitting philosophical um, and very important things um, but as a as an educator You've had a lot of training in school, 
Is there something that really struck you? Is there a book you read or something that really has influenced how you view your role as, a, as an educator? I'm an avid reader, so it's, it's, it's challenging to say one book, but I believe there's... I, I, I understand that completely. <laughs> I think there's a few books. I think one of the most um, significant books for me as an individual, and of course it plays itself out at, in my work, is Pedagogy of the Oppressed. Really understanding... Um, the mindset and what has happened um, to traditionally marginalized groups that impacts no matter what society you're in. Also, I believe um, why are all the black children sitting at the cafeteria table gives you perspective into socialized norms in schools and you would be forced to say, oh, we want kids interacting uh, with, with everyone. But really understand um, the whole othering concept mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and how that shows up in school. I also believe results matter. It's it's a definitely an education book. I, I read it for the first time when I was a principal, and it helped me put simple strategic steps in place to stay focused on results. Because oftentimes we get pulled into things that are urgent but not things that are important. Right. It's, it's hard, yeah. It's very hard, and, you know, I think results really helps you focus on that work. And, of course, my book, When Treating All Kids the Same is the Real Problem, and it's an equity conversation to move us away from all, all, all. No, we need to individualize. We need to have each conversation about each student and what they uniquely need. So personalized learning is very important for me. Yeah, that differentiated instruction is, is a hard hard thing to do when you have so many students. Absolutely. But it's so important. It is. Yeah. It's a gift, actually, to be able to do that well. I think I agree with you, yeah. Um, so we talked about books. Is there a movie that's influenced you? I mean, I'm sure there are some some tropes that are, are out there about so teachers. There's so many, but and... I can tell you, just to keep Jersey at heart, lean on me. Yeah. I, I can watch, I probably watched that movie 50 times, and if it comes on right now, I'm watching it like it's the first time. <laughs> because it's, it's a prime example of when you believe more in someone that it can, in fact, become someone else's belief. It's you're speaking greatness into folks who may not see it yet. I think it's powerful. Now, some of the things, you know, you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't do, but I right. think the, the, the big picture in the, in the story, in, in the movie, and, and, and it's a real story, it's about believing in kids and believing in community. And it, people don't realize how much the power of belief manifests itself. So if that came on tonight, I'll be watching it like it was the first time. <laughs> I think it's a great movie, too. So what do you love about Montclair? Aside from the fabulous school system. Oh, of course, it's second to none. I think the biggest thing I like about Claire is that it's a progressive space. Whether I'm in Starbucks, whether I'm in a restaurant, that's rare, period, but definitely in, in, in this current moment, people being very comfortable struggling with how do we become more inclusive? How do we become more community? How do we confront microaggressions in a positive way? And I haven't found any other place, and I travel a lot, I haven't found any other place that one, people have the language to discuss it, or the will to discuss it. So I, I really believe that that's a powerful piece that attracts me and keeps me here. Even on days like Tuesday when I had to close the high yeah, school, right. <laughs> I knew that 
folks to understand safety. Yeah. Right. That and, and and I think when you have that type of community, it makes difficult decisions and difficult work more acceptable. Yeah. yeah. What book do you have on your nightstand right now? Oh, you should see my nightstand. I have a whole yeah. bunch of them. Um, what what two books are on your nightstand so out of the many? I'm I'm, re- I'm rereading the um, Miseducation. Of Cameron Post. Uh, no, uh, oh. no, Miseducation of the Negro. Oh, okay, okay. Um, Carter G. Woodson. I'm rereading that. I try to re- reread that every three years because it helps to give me perspective on what I'm seeing with, uh, with young people. That was a, a good example of, of perspective because my perspective is I'm thinking of a book that is being made into a movie uh-huh. and you're talking about a totally different yes. book. So, yes, yeah. um, so that's on my, my desktop. I'm also reading um, Keto which is a lifestyle change to try to work on being healthier. The big push in the school district now is self-care. So I really push that with um, my opening message. We have a partnership, the school district and the Montclair Education Association around restorative justice and employee self-care emerges from that because you can't restore relationships if you're not well, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, I want to live that. So I'm running each day and I, I'm trying to be conscious of not only what I eat, but the types of um, nutrients I'm getting from the food. So I'm really trying to become more learned of that. And as a chemist, I understand it, but I still want a bag of chips sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, it's hard. You know, you get home and the last thing you want to do is cut up your healthy vegetables and yes, cook. Right. You just want that's to go right. through the drive through Not that that's something I ever do. <laughs> of course yeah, not. Yeah, no, right? But it's it's hard. And I think that, you know, I think that that's, that's great. And so we're you're doing that with the teachers and the students. Well, and... We're, we're pushing out employee self-care mm-hmm. with all the teachers and, and all the administrators. We did Zumba. With the, with the principals, we're going to have yoga nights. And what we hope to do is bring in the community with us so that we can have events in a park and invite families there. So we want, my philosophy is, we can't take care of kids if we don't take care of ourselves. So we're definitely going to branch out to, to students, but I really want us to focus on spending time and self-regulation. If you're having a moment, you know, teaching is, is a taxing career. When you're having a moment, a strategy, mindfulness strategy, breathing strategy, or just, I didn't even take a day. And, and, and I want to give people permission to do that. It's a great way of thinking. Um, so one more hard-hitting question. Libraries. How important are they to you? How have they impacted your life? Um, give us a, a good commercial for libraries. And I'll, you know. Well, I am a, f- a fan I grew up in the library. I wasn't fortunate enough to have a lot of books at home, but I did have a library card. And I fell in love with reading in the Alton Library, and we would have reading clubs. Um, I didn't travel a lot growing up, but I knew of places to go to. You know, I had a worldview through reading, and I believe that libraries play an important role. And I think now with the invention of the internet, etc. We have to redefine and maybe reintroduce ourselves because I believe people miss the the joy of having a quiet space to be amongst so many books and you're like, oh, I want to read this, I want to read that. But for me, um, library really opened up my worldview 
because I was able to go places that I couldn't physically go, but I went there through reading about them. So I think it's it's powerful. But today, I do think we need to be thoughtful on how we reintroduce ideas because somehow students think they can get the same thing off the internet, and I try to tell them that that's, that's not the case. But it's hard to convince them when it's so accessible and easy. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a challenge. Yeah. 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 Well, before we end, we're going to ask a couple lightning round okay. fun questions. So I'm going to say some words and you say, say which one you, you prefer. Okay. Pen or pencils? Pencils. Math or English? Math. Chalkboards or dry erase boards? Chalkboards. What if you had a smart board? Would you pick a smart board? Chalkboard. <laughs> Fiction or nonfiction? Oh, nonfiction. Uh, coffee or tea? Neither. Uh, oh. I'm a water drinker. Water, oh, <laughs> she's being healthy. Good. Uh, dogs or cats? Cats. Cats, okay. Peanut butter or jelly? Jelly. A book or movie? A book. Favorite day of the week? Sunday. Sunday, all right. Dr. Johnson, thank you so much for coming to talk with us today and sharing your thoughts with the Montclair Public Library users about being the superintendent of schools. We're happy to have you on board and look forward to working with you more to help our students succeed. Thank you for the invitation.